A brisk breeze blows across the Faroe Islands, gently rustling the feathers of a flock of ravens. Standing out like a red-headed stepchild and unaware of the impending doom is a black and white speckled bird. This is the Pied Raven. Welcome to Extinction Event. Welcome to Extinction Event. Oh, you're going to do this? No, you're going to do this. (laughs) Can you adjust my headphones? There's a bit of an echo. Wow. No, I fixed it. There you go. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to another episode, Jack. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, What is this show about? It's about extinct animals. Specifically this one. Oh, (laughs) The Pied Raven. Wait, before we start, I know, and I know you're going to tell me about this, but what is a Pied Raven? Because the images that come to my mind are all comedic. Like a Pied Piper? No. Oh. I, more like clowny, you know, kind of jester like. I don't know, because you're, you're juggling pies, you're throwing pies. Oh, pies. It seems like an, a, an antiquated term for something like that. It's not. It's a color variation, and uh, I'm about to get into it. Should I? We should just get into it, though. Okay. Okay. The bird we're talking about today is the pied raven, also sometimes called the white raven or the pharaoh raven. The pied raven was a color morph of a subspecies of common ravens that lived on the Faroe Islands. Uh, Can I just comment that the names that you just spouted off as the also knows, it it was like you were doing a hip hop hype man intro. (laughs) The Pied Raven, also known as White Raven, also known as, what was the third one? Pharaoh. Yeah, Pharaoh, (laughs) also known as the Puzzler, (laughs) the one, the only Pied Piper of the Pharaoh Islands. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So the Faroe Islands. They're somewhere in between Iceland and Norway in the United Kingdom. You don't Nobody care. really <laughs> <Okay>. knows. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a, a Scientists can't picture. agree where they're at. <laughs> no. That is where they are, indeed. Somewhere <laughs> okay. floating in the ocean. This is the only place. You do know islands are like fixed underground and not just floating around, right? I was saying it so that you just get a general idea of where they Mm. are. Do you know where Iceland and Norway are? On a map? Yes. I could point them out. Okay, so if you know where they are, then you kind of know where the pharaohs are. Okay. All right. This is the only place that this color variation was found. The Pied color is a black and white speckled color, usually with a mostly white head and then black and white feathers irregularly interspaced throughout the rest of the body. I think I've just come full circle of why I associate clowns and pies with this. Because what you just described is like if you took a regular raven and you pied him in the face, thus covering his head with white and speckles across his body. 
is that not what this raven looks like? I guess if it's like just the clown pie that is only made out of um yeah right whatever that whipped cream whipped cream because most pies have filling that is I'm not good. talking like blueberry pie to the face the the stuff that you'd see on like Nickelodeon yeah they don't bring out a peach cobbler okay I guess it would have kind of looked like that but in general the coloration was pretty uniform. So it would have been the same exact sort of pie smash in the face every time. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Normal black ravens also lived on the Faroe Islands and mated with the pied ravens. Because of this, pied ravens are not considered a distinct subspecies. If for whatever reason the pied ravens only mated with other pied ravens, eventually over time they would have broken off and formed a new subspecies, which is interesting because this is how these sort of evolutionary traits, you know, develop into different species from one. And in this case, that actually probably would have been good for these ravens because that coloration is better camouflage on the pharaohs. No one's coming up to pie you in the face if they think you've already been pied in the face. (laughs) This black and white speckled coloration is caused by a piebald allele, which is the recessive form of a gene that determines the feather pigment. It's it's like red hair. Ah, uh, so the red-headed stepchild bit right. from earlier. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's all making sense to mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. I'm tracking. Since the pied raven was, at its core, a common raven, we have a pretty good sense about who this animal was. It was likely about two feet long, could weigh up to four and a half pounds, had a lifespan of approximately 10 to 20 years, and they would have had few predators. Owls and eagles would have gone after their eggs, though. All very interesting, but I know what you're thinking. When's it going to die? Now, what's the difference between crows and ravens? Is that what you were thinking? No, but... But kind of. Kind of, I guess, yeah. I'm here to answer that question for you. Ravens are bigger, their beaks are thicker, and have more of a curve at the tip. Uh, Ravens typically travel in pairs, whereas crows travel in groups. However, younger ravens do travel in flocks. Uh, Both crows and ravens walk, but ravens also hop. Okay. (laughs) Do you know what a group of crows is called when they're all together? I. It's like a murder. Yes. Something. Yeah. Oh, look at you! You win, I guess. (laughs) You've bested me. There's also this really cool thing that ravens do. They hang out with larger animals like polar bears, grizzlies, wolves, and even killer whales. And I don't know if they're just buddies <laughs> or or what. Uh, but it's it, typical in the animal world, you know, to just have friend relationships with other animals just to be friends and know like food benefit but i think that's probably why they were friends <laughs> because with the for instance wolves they uh have been observed helping them to hunt by leading them to prey the ravens work together with them and then they get the leftovers when they're done 
Oh, yeah. so they'll fly up ahead, spot some prey, and go, ka ka. Yeah. Over here. And the wolves attack, eat, in come the crows for a snack. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crows and ravens do have a lot of similarities, though. They're both omnivores and very opportunistic. They will eat pretty much anything, including garbage. Both are highly sociable and have complex family structures, and they are both super smart. They can solve puzzles, use tools. They have complex communication with each other. They even know how to play. They're some of the world's smartest animals. They're great. It's impressive. Yeah. Humans have been captivated by ravens pretty much since humans have existed. Ravens are key figures in creation myths, Norse mythology, Irish mythology, you name it. Uh, Sometimes ravens are depicted as wise, other times a little more ominous. For instance, in Sweden, the raven is sometimes believed to be the ghost of a murdered person. Hmm. And in Germany, they can be souls of the damned. So a lot of people are kind of spooked by them. Hmm. Spooked by them. Um, And I'm thinking it's probably just because they're so smart. And that makes us a little uncomfortable. There is something that's spooky about something that's normally not super intelligent, like being intelligent. Basically, this is like Chucky. The doll. Mm, Normal dolls, not not smart. But Chucky, he's smart. That's what makes him scary. And it could be with anything. Like, imagine if there was a spoon in your spoon drawer that was really intelligent. You'd be afraid of it. That is freaky. Right. Yeah. It's chills up and down my spine right there. I'm serious. I just pictured myself opening a drawer and there's the spoon. You could just Hunt. look at it and go like, I don't know. There's something about it. <laughs> It's looking at me. It's planning. And next thing you know, it's like calculated all the physics of how to make like a sharp knife fall <laughs> out of its holder and slice off your hand. I don't know how because all of my knives have never been sharpened. But I guess he would have factored that into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm. You'd be, it would be falling towards your hand and be like, oh, thank God that I've never sharpened this knife. And then it slices it off, and you're like, how? And then there's a spoon next to the knife sharpener. (laughs) Terrifying. So just apply that principle to ravens, and you understand. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night tonight, and there's going to be a spoon under my pillow. (laughs) There's got to be a phobia for that. God, those are so stupid. Those um, you're scared of like a, a nail that isn't hammered in correctly or something. I okay, but that seems legitimate <laughs> because you're walking by and you snag a toe. That's something to fear. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know. It, well, could you pick something a little less scary? It's like I'm scared of uh, baby ducks. You know, they make me again. They might crawl in your mouth. <laughs> Who knows where they've been? This is uh, too much. Too scary. All right, we have to like put a warning on this episode. <laughs> okay, uh, but in the pharaohs, people weren't too spooked by them. The pharaohese name for the pied raven is Hvitrevner. That one's tough. <laughs> Can you spell it out? H-V-I-T-R-A-V-N-U-R, uh, which translates to white raven. <laughs> Interesting stuff. <laughs> 
the bird was well known in the Middle Ages, which uh, I looked up on Wikipedia when that was, and it's roughly from uh, the 5th to the 15th century. Middle Ages? Yeah. Don't you so you knew when the Middle Ages was? You could tell me before I told you what Wikipedia said. I mean, I can't. Fifth through fifteenth, that still doesn't have any bearing. I I don't know what you're talking about, really. <laughs> Is this because uh, I have no reference? Is this like during uh, ancient Egypt? Is this you know? But that's all dates have no reference. From public schooling here. I need a poster with some. <laughs> Images on it and a timeline. You can't just throw dates at me and expect me to to know. Is there a movie that you could put on to <laughs> teach me about this? <laughs> Basically, what you've done is shown me that I also... It really doesn't mean anything to me, those dates. They keep telling us the Middle Ages, the Middle Ages, and you think of... Uh, what was that? Roast big... chickens and... Uh, and uh... <laughs> Medieval times. The plague, right? And Middle Ages and medieval, those are the same. What? Oh, God, we're really exposing ourselves <laughs> as idiots. Everyone's going to be like, why am I listening to them for any scientific value? Look, I bring it up just to say that this was the heyday, it seemed to be, for the Pied Raven. They were really popular in the Middle Ages. <laughs> for whatever reason. And I don't even buy that, because who is, how often are people going to the pharaohs in the Middle Ages? I have no idea. This is this is falling apart. This episode. <laughs> I, man, I guess it, that would make sense if he had like. And apparently, they were super, you know, popular in the Middle Ages because they showed up in a lot of texts and paintings. And well, that's it, right? There were um, folk songs about them that dated before the 1500s, and in uh, they were also in something called the. Elder Ballad of Birds, which I also looked up on Wikipedia, but I couldn't find anything on it. So, The Elder Ballad of Birds. Mm -hmm. This is just a song about, an old song about birds that was popular in the Middle Ages. Yeah, I guess um, that, that's what I'm gathering. Right, here. yeah. You know, top 40 ballad of the Middle Ages. All right, Balthazar, whenever you are ready, it's... Uh, Hold just... on, I'm just tuning my lute. Okay. Okay. All right, you good? I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. You All right. You ready? All set. Okay, this is the Ballad of the Elder Birds. One and a two and... Oh, the albatross and booby, the cormorant and duck, the egret and the finch and the goose and the hen. These are the elder birds... These are okay. the uh, okay. I'm just gonna. I'm sorry. What are you doing? That was perfect. Okay. Uh, I like. I liked it. You I, don't interrupt Balthazar don't... when I'm in the middle of a song. Balthazar. Um. That was one take. I nailed it. It was great. I'm not saying it wasn't great. Good. Then let's move on. <laughs> just. Um. Some of those birds are. They've been around a while. Uh. They're just. They're the elder birds. I was just thinking, you know, there's um, some birds you might want to include. Like, have you thought about maybe the pied raven? That's real hot right now. Pied raven? The pied raven of the pharaohs. No, no, no. You can't. Pied raven doesn't work. I've, that's reserved for the Pyrenees falcon. 
I just think if we're trying to get some of the younger audience interested, that we might need to include some of these these new birds, these up and coming birds, and I, you know. Okay, okay. Here, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be Balthazar, okay, the songwriter and singer <laughs> of the Elder Bird tune, and you just press whatever button thingies you need to make this happen, okay? Okay. So One and a two okay, and a three okay. and a. The albatross, the booby, the cormorant and duck, the egret and the finch and the goose and the hen. Let's sing it again. <laughs> Let's sing it again. The elder birds, the elder birds, the I elder. I can't. <laughs> I can't. That's a hit. It was a hit three decades ago. Yeah, well, move. Oh, wow. Fine, fine. Oh. You want me to do it? Pied Raven sellout version. Yes, that would be great. Oh, shake your ass, a Pied <laughs> Raven, shake it all around. Is that what you want? Get out of here. <laughs> so it seems like this raven was known for many years and uh, loved, perhaps, since, I mean, they're writing songs about it. And as I mentioned, the regular ravens did breed with the pied ravens, but some reports mention that pied ravens were picked on by the regular ravens. I'm not sure how true that is. Uh, Who's the snitch? (laughs) But if so, maybe they're just jealous because the pied ravens are getting all these ballads written about them and just the regular old ravens aren't. This should be. There might be a little bit of a. Uh, well, we don't know that. I mean, there could have been songs written about the regular old ravens that just weren't very popular. Ladies and gentlemen, Balthazar. Hello, everybody. I'm gonna sing a tune that's near and dear to my heart about a regular raven. A regular raven, regular raven. When I see a regular raven, I feel like I'm up in heaven. Regular birds bore me. A regular raven, regular raven. Pied raven. It has two wings and a beak, just like a regular bird would. Get off the stage, old man. Woo, Balthazar sucks. Shake your ass, pied raven, shake your ass. Yeah, yeah, this song rules. Okay. Back to the pharaohs, where the inevitable begins to happen. Humans reach this sort of critical mass on the island, where the population increases to a point that tips the scales of nature. We've seen this so many times on Extinction Event. With more humans comes more agriculture. Agriculture takes over the wild, which leads to an ecosystem collapse. And now we're finding out that this will eventually lead to the proliferation of microorganisms, which leads to things like the coronavirus. But that's another episode. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, did we just Bill and Ted time travel? (laughs) I just, I had to do it. Topical. Back to the agriculture on the pharaohs and more humans. Farming is really taking off. Pretty quickly, farmers develop some animosity for the local ravens. They claimed that ravens were going after their lambs. It seems like conspiracy. (laughs) Is there anything that farmers don't complain about? (laughs) Right. How many episodes? Is there an animal that farmers don't complain about? It's like, oh, the frogs are eating all my hay. Uh, The wolves are eating all my sheep. 
I'm just saying half of these extinctions that we do start with a complaint to the manager from a disgruntled farmer. Yeah. They, it's, uh, they're annoying. They're the Karens of the history. Yeah. And they continue to be. So (laughs) I don't. We just lost half our farmer audience. (laughs) I know. Okay. So they, they're saying they're killing their lambs, even, uh, the newborn lambs. And uh, this is kind of gruesome, but uh, the ravens went after the soft parts uh, because that's the only place they could penetrate. I I, I don't understand. We're talking. Isn't all isn't a lamb all the parts of a lamb are pretty soft? They right? do seem pretty soft, but they needed uh, even softer. So the eyes, the mouth, anywhere you could, else, you could fill in the rest. Hmm. Um. And understandably, this is upsetting to see, you know, what kind of creature would peck out the eyes of a, a newborn lamb. Maybe these ravens really were evil spirits of murdered people, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Some... If I'm making a horror movie, <laughs> newborn lamb with his eyes pecked out, <laughs> it's right up there. It's like a scene that's on my mood board. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty messed up. So the farmers, they start hunting the ravens and other birds to stop them from killing their lambs. But here's the thing. Farmers today continue to claim that ravens go after their newborn lambs, but there's not a lot of evidence to support this claim Unless you catch a raven while it's actively murdering a lamb, a newborn lamb, uh, you can't say for sure that it was the cause of death. And likely, a lot of these reported murders were actually ravens eating the carcasses of lambs that had already died of natural causes or harsh weather conditions. Mm. Um, And either the farmers just didn't realize this or they just wanted someone to blame Uh, So the ravens and other birds on the island take the heat for this, which I get. Like, you're pissed. You're upset. You're at the scene of the crime. Right. There's a bunch of ravens. There's a body there. And then there's, you know, you got the guy red-handed. Right. It's hard not to be like, well, it was him. Right. I take back all my farmer slander. I'm now on team farmer. No, but that's what I'm saying is that lambs die of other causes a lot. And it's the same thing whenever we do a episode with wolves and the farmers just want to murder all the wolves. Uh, same thing probably applies. Mm-hmm. These animals are dying of not natural causes. Any animal who's a meat eater, mm-hmm. if they get a freshly dead carcass, they're going to eat it. Right. It's less work for them. They're not going to be like, oh, that's a shame. Let's dig a hole uh-huh. and send it off properly. On my honor, I shall not eat this dead carcass that I did not kill for meat. Right. It's just a baby. Why would I do that? I'm not an evil spirit of a murdered person who mm-hmm. has a taste for baby blood. <laughs> <laughs> Awfully, that hmm, sounds like something (laughs) someone possessed with an evil spirit would say. Hey, how's it going? 
Oh, you know, same old, same old. Uh, Every day is pretty much the same when you're a spirit of a murdered person stuck inside a bird. Yeah, uh, some days are harder than others. Like, um, there's that dead lamb over there right now. and uh, No, I saw it. Believe me, it's on my radar. What is it about being murdered, having your soul stuck in a bird, that makes you want to peck out the eyes of little lambs? I don't know, but it's all I can think about. Before I, you got murdered, was that something you did? Never. I've, I've maybe thought about a baby lamb once in my life. Never. It's eyeballs. Never. Now it's all I want to do. I, I dream about it. If there's some stuff beyond the eyes, it's news to me. Because my brain is basically just... Eyes, 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 eyes. Baby lamb eyes. On repeat. <laughs> How do I get them in my mouth? Yeah. And it's crazy. Well, you know what? Now, at least I know what to um, get you for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is cool. This is new. Starting in 1742, they're going to implement something called a beak tax. No. Yes. Every man between the ages of 15 and 50 had to submit one raven's beak or two beaks of a crow, great skua, or great black-beaked gull every year to the tax man to try and uh, cull in these the birds. Too many birds, they said. If you didn't pay your beak tax, you were fined four skillings. <laughs> Which, coincidentally enough, are raven's beaks. <laughs> As this was the currency at the time. Skilling scocks are down. Schmeckles going up. What are you saying? I don't know. I... Okay, okay, sidebar, we had to Google what skilling was because it was just one hilarious name, and what is it? It's the Scandinavian equivalent of the shilling. Okay, so it is not, in fact, a raven or crow beak. No. It's a coin, a Scandinavian coin. So you're the tax man, you show up, I'm like, I don't know, I didn't do my beak thing this year, and you're like, well, pay up for skillings. Yeah. And that puts a dent in my skilling purse. <laughs> yes. Which, if I am a man between the ages of 15 and 50, me personally, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I thought you were going to say I I would have, you know, a beak on each finger, <laughs> like I'm eating combos. <laughs> no. Like, no, man, I'm not going to kill these birds. I like them too much. Well... Get your skillings out. <laughs> I was not would not be rich in skillings. But you'd have the respect of the birds. Yeah. And I think that's all you really want. In my mind, when you said that, I had arms open, <laughs> head up, and there was just Dude. ravens and crows landing on me. Ca- like you're just a big telephone pole. Yeah. That's Pure a great joy. Image. Yeah. Thank you. It's worth four skillings right there. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. But you for sure are submitting the crows every year. Oh, yeah. And the ravens. 
Or great skewers or whatever. Well, like I said, I've got a beak on each finger. <laughs> so they're like little claws. I'm scratching my back with them. I'm like, what? Oh, these? Pop them off. I got a whole box of them. What are you want? Can I pay on next year's tax? Is there a bonus for I'm paying double? it forward for my neighbor. Yeah. Okay. I got a whole necklace made out of them. <laughs> Looks like a puka shell. All right. I don't think it mattered if you submitted a black raven or a pied raven, but I did hear that pied ravens were specifically targeted. I don't know how true that was, but the and I, these stats that I have probably aren't exact, but on average, around 800 beaks were collected annually. That's all beaks. Of those, approximately 150 to 250 were ravens. I don't know how many of those would have been pied ravens. Impossible to tell, really. It is impossible to tell. We'll never know. But regardless, the beaks are piling up. And now, for a brief break from the killing, for a little story about ravens. Jack. Have you heard about the ravens who live at the Tower of London? No. No? Uh, Ravens have lived at the Tower of London for over 300 years. No one is sure exactly when they first arrived, but it could have been well past that 300-year mark. By royal decree, at least six ravens, plus one backup, must live at the Tower of London at all times. The reason why the ravens have to live there is kind of been lost over time. Uh, But one popular reason has to do with the superstition that England will fall to invaders or succumb to some terrible disaster if the ravens flee the tower. And I think it's like, oh, that's a bad omen. Yeah. And they're just like forcibly keeping them there to prevent the omen. It's very interesting that this would come into... I just imagine the queen being like, and I want six ravens and one backup. (laughs) Why not just say seven ravens? Well, you got to have a little bit of wiggle room because if it's seven at all times and then something happens to one, that's it. You know, England's over. Okay. So one is like a substitute. Mm -hmm. In case one like flies away, you can just step in. A back. uh, That is a role of backup. What is that called? Understudy. An understudy. Yeah, exactly. So to keep the ravens there, they clip their wings to make sure nothing bad happens to England. And a raven master looks after them. That's, I think, his only job, which is just, you know, he's some old, very old guy who's been doing it his whole life. But I think there should be a statute of limitations on that job because I would like to apply. I don't know anything (laughs) about ravens, but come on, it's... And uh, what can I list as your occupation? Royal Raven Master. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right this way, sir. Welcome to Denny's. <laughs> I don't know why they're asking for your occupation at Denny's. He had, probably has an endless supply of uh, like w- women from a dating app <laughs> coming in there. You know he, he lives That's on That's what the ladies look for. Well, they get to go up to the raven. You're talking about a very specific woman on this dating app. 
Yeah. Am I trying to date myself? Yes. That's okay. Because you've also applied for this job. Yeah. And then now we're trying to date yourself. Let's move on. Uh, I I would just say that it sounds like they live a pretty good life there. The Ravens or the Raven Masters? (laughs) The Ravens. Because I hope the Raven Master takes good care of them. And uh, the old is his only job. (laughs) (laughs) The oldest one to have ever lived there lived to 44 years old, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. In the wild, they don't live that long at all. So, you know, maybe it's torture because it's like you get to 23, which I think is the oldest one in the wild they have recorded. And uh, you're like, dude, this is. It's like when you talk to one of those centurarians or whatever. What are <laughs> Octogenarians. Octogenarians. Oct- that's 80-something. Septu- uh, Septuagenary. Is that 70? <laughs> We're going backwards. We're going down. <laughs> you talk to someone who's like 100 years old, and they're like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, the interview on the news, they're just, they don't want to be there anymore. It's very clear. Maybe that's what these poor ravens at the tower like just... <laughs> Let us go. I should have been gone 20 years ago. Yeah. Rough life for Raven. And they're like, I just don't like this Raven master. You know? It'd be different if there was somebody else working here. Just mix it up. Uh, yeah. Lifetime appointment. Ka-ka. Ah, Ka-ka. Ka-ka. Another day. When you punch out. Like forever? Well, no, we're ravens. We're here. We're bound to this Tower of London forever. But I mean, like, how long is your shift? Oh, I thought you were saying, you know, like, when is my shift over forever? On this mortal plane? Yes. Yeah, well, I contemplate that too. But no, I was just saying, like, yeah, five, seven, midnight shift. Oh, no, I don't do those. Uh, early morning. Early That's morning. That's me. Hold on just a sec. Ka, ka, ka. Ka. What do you think about Bob? Oh, Bob Raven Master? Man. Raven I... Master? Who gave him that name, right? <laughs> that guy couldn't master, you know, tying his shoes. I, if I could count, which I can, but um, the a number of times he's forgotten to feed us. Yeah. <laughs> Just master that. You have one job. It's take care of us. And if you can't do that, yeah. what, what have you mastered? You know how many Laziness? times I've had to bring a string over... Or I don't know a bottle cap, just as and, and drop it on his head because mm-hmm. he fell asleep watching TV and forgot to give us water. Yeah, ka yeah. ka 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 ka. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the uh, backup Raven, I don't think he's doing too good. Um, I have a suspicion that he's <laughs> that's not even a Raven. <laughs> It looks just like a shoe that somebody glued a beak on. It is very uh, taxidermy-like. But right? Yeah. It doesn't seem real. I've tried to play games you, with it. Have you talked to him? <laughs> like I said, I've tried. He's very easy to beat in chess. Easy. So easy. Let's just, I hope that uh, he never has to be called to the line of duty. I hear you there, right? Ka, ka. All right, well, hold on just a sec. Ka, ka. All right, that's it for me. I'll catch you next one, huh? Okay, yeah, it's been great. See you next time. Ka, ka. Ka, ka. 
a nice break. I needed that. I've just... All of the extinctions have been getting to me, the murdering and everything. It's... I, I need these little breaks, I think. It's a little ray of sunshine mm-hmm. about some ravens who are being held prison. <laughs> prisoner. Okay, so the beak tax is in full effect on the Faroe Islands, and bird beaks, they're dropping left and right. On top of that, our pied ravens catch the curious eye of foreign bird collectors. Collectors would pay up to two Danish rigs dollar for one pied raven. Wow. Oh. Um, no way. <laughs> Which was a lot of money back in those days. <laughs> I did hear that if you were a farmer there, that two Danish rigs dollar was a lot, and it, that would have been good incentive to kill one of these pied ravens. And this definitely took a toll on the pied raven population. Still, there's about 100 years of collecting and beak taxing before things get real hairy. It's not until the 1850s when it becomes blatantly obvious that the pied ravens are disappearing. Oh no, what happened? <sighs> Every time. Huh? <laughs> it must have been a disease or uh, uh, it's a gypsy curse. Something we we just out of our control. They're disappearing. No one sees one for a long time. In 1872, they see one. And finally, they do away with the beak tax. Take that tax, man. Yeah. Well, there's no tax, but that doesn't stop the farmers from continuing to shoot the birds. For fun. Yeah. Then again, in 1902, a pied raven is spotted. But we wouldn't be humans if we didn't also immediately shoot it. So that one's gone, and uh, after that, there might have been a couple sightings, maybe even up until 1948. Uh, But generally, the pied ravens are presumed to be extinct by 1948. Bye-bye. Today, there are 26 pied raven specimens in museums. There are, however, none on display at the pharaohs. Well, that's a shame. They There is a museum there, but the bird on display is a fake. It's a replica. <laughs> Extinction Event is proud to support Prehistoric Times Magazine. Okay, everyone, thank you for coming. If you could please quiet down, I'm I'm opening the floor for questions. Uh, Yeah, it's Trog Stonefoot from uh, Prehistoric Times magazine. Yes, sir, what's your question? Uh, We've got reports that a giant meteor is heading to Earth and it could potentially wipe out all uh, life on the planet. Uh, well, that's a theory that we is going around out there that we don't really have a lot of evidence to back it up. Well, what about the evidence that when you go outside and look up in the sky, there's a giant meteor heading towards Earth? Should we have anything to fear? It doesn't look that big to me. When I look up there, I'm not concerned. Uh, Some of our witch doctors have concluded that this meteor will smash into us and we will all die. What do you say to that? These are stories that are being perpetuated by, you know, I don't know who you say, witch doctors out there. 
Uh, who's to say what's going to happen, sir? And I, if you don't mind, I'd like to move on to the next person here. I feel it is my court. duty as uh, mm -hmm. as a journalist for Prehistoric Times magazine, uh, the number one source for all paleontology news, to cover this in a way that my readers can really sink their teeth into, if you will. Well, sure, who doesn't love to uh, sink their teeth into a big, meaty bone of gossip? Because that's what you're spinning here. But, uh, uh, like I said, on to the next reporter here. You gotta give somebody else some time. Uh, just one more question, uh, sir. Trog, Trog. St Trog Stonefoot, uh, Prehistoric Times magazine. Uh. Did you see last uh, issue uh, of Prehistoric Times magazine how they showed people how to draw a dinosaur? I did. I did see that, yes. And didn't you, right after that, say that the meteor is just a joke... And anybody who believes in it deserves to get a rock smashed on their head. I don't, I don't remember saying that. No, I don't. Uh, well, but. here we have a stone tablet with a drawing where you clearly said this. No comment on that, sir. Uh, Truck stone food. One more question. Yes. Prehistoric Times food. Magazine. Please. What? Number one source for all prehistoric news. <laughs> Debatable. Just one more thing. In our collector's corner of Prehistoric Times magazine, where people collect a lot of different types of dinos and other prehistoric animals, mammals, reptiles, etc. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Where are you going with this? Does this have anything to do? When the earth is wiped off the face of the earth, do you think we'll still be able to run that? Okay, Trog, Bonefoot, whatever. Uh, that's it for this. I'm done. Meeting's over. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Sir, will you be subscribing I... to Prehistoric Times Magazine? Number one source for uh, paleontology news. Sir, sir! If you'd like to subscribe to Prehistoric Times Magazine, go to prehistorictimes.com. You can do it there. And look for our ad. In the magazine, the, the physical one. When it comes to your mailbox, be sure to look for it. You can flip through the pages, see our ad, be like, huh. Yeah, look. it's all coming together. I remember hearing about this on a podcast. A circle of media. And your life will feel a little bit complete just for a moment. Okay, that's it. Why did they go extinct? Deliberate eradication because of agriculture and collecting. Pretty much, that's and it. And taxes. Yes, the taxes, but they were put in place because of agriculture. So I'm, I'm putting those together. Taking the side of the tax man. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, ravens of black color are still found on the pharaohs today. They also took a big hit because of the beak tax, but they started to recover after the local economy became less focused on lambs <laughs> mm. and more focused on a fishery that opened up and they switched from beaks as a currency to <laughs> coins well fish oh. fish fins i, I would assume <laughs> but be, yes that was good for the ravens and it was good for the black ravens especially too late for the pied but good for the raven good for the crow <laughs> as the old saying goes <laughs> I'm saying I'm getting to that. It was bad for the fish. Oh, <laughs> where did fish come into this? Oh, the economy shifted from lambs to fishing. Yeah, now we're probably overfishing. You know. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So it wasn't too late for the black raven, but that was probably it for the pied raven, or was it? <sighs> Theoretically, we really can't say for sure yet. 
because piebald alleles, those are the recessive genes, mm-hmm. uh, could still be present and hidden in the black ravens. Oh, yeah. hidden extinction. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've piqued my curiosity. Yeah. Okay, so recessive genes can be inherited invisibly for many generations. I guess that's why sometimes a redhead just randomly appears, you know, in like a family tree. Then you uh, haven't seen I got one. some news for you. What? That ain't because of that. <laughs> you should check and see if that milkman's got red hair. It, the, here's the thing, though. It is uh, highly unlikely to return. That was probably it. It's been a long time. We haven't seen any. And... Can we just catch some ravens and you know bust them open, see if the gene's in there? <laughs> Maybe. Take their beaks while we're at it. It's so you can make more necklaces? You never know when that tax is coming back. <laughs> But this extinction is not as sad as our normal ones because um, it it's kind of is just like saying, okay, we don't have any more redheaded people anymore. Which would be a shame. It would. It's a lot easier to swallow knowing that like it possibly isn't extinct because it could just show up one day with genetics. Like last week with the dwarf hippo, you don't have that. As a possibility, it's not. It's not like one day the dwarf hippo is just going to suddenly be born because of right. the genetic potential was there. Regular hippos, that would be great, right? Yeah, we've all loved the tiny hippo. If like a new baby hippo is born and it just happens to be a tiny hippo, because that's what genetics decided today, it'd be amazing. It's not going to happen. But we might get the pied raven back, and that's great. It, it highly unlikely though. Uh, but it would be cool. Could you imagine it, though? You'd be like, Which, you, let's just set the scene here. Could you imagine if the Pied Raven came back, what that would be like? <laughs> oh, look, there's a raven with a white head. Huh. Yeah, sure sure is. Huh. Okay. Guess I'll just go on living my life. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Maybe one day science will make it happen. Jack, it would be so cool. Hey, you know, maybe someday science will bring it back. (sighs) (laughs) It would be one of those things if I saw it, I would be sweating. I would be, my heart rate would be up. You mean like, what do you see a regular bird? Yeah. A regular crow, a regular raven. I hope uh, I hope they come back so we could uh, shoot them again. Oh, well, that's it. I know this is it's cheating a little. There's still ravens again, just the hair color, basically feather color when extinct. Thank you. I was going to have to correct you right there. <laughs> uh, but I, ravens are awesome and pied raven just sounds cool. So uh had to do it. And uh, you're like, wait a minute, a different colored raven. People are going to freak out. (laughs) I have to do this episode. Yeah, that is exactly. People need to know about this. Well, now they do. Yeah. Bye.
Peg Leg Deer production.